Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, innovation is everywhere. Every organization in the world, whether they know it or not, is in fact a software company. Um, Airbnb as an example, Tesla as an example, I mean Netflix as an example. These are all software companies at their core. When people discuss entrepreneurship in the D.C. region, a recurring question that's asked is, where are all the people that know how to grow and market software product companies? It turns out there is a large community here, and we are joined by a person who's a great example of that. Matt Howard is Executive Vice President Chief Marketing Officer at Sonotype, a startup here in town. Matt, thanks for taking some time to join us. What thanks, Jonathan. Up- all right, what are you up to? What is Sonotype up to, and what does a marketing guy do at a company like Sonotype? Uh, Sonotype is a company, uh, the CEO is Wayne Jackson, who previously had uh, a company locally here uh, called Sourcefire, which mm-hmm. many people might be familiar with. Very successful exit, ultimately bought by Cisco, large deal. Yep, yep, large deal. Well, uh, this time around, we are basically uh, helping software development organizations build uh, software better, faster, cheaper. And specifically, what we do is we provide uh, the equivalent of FDA food labeling on open source components. So as a consumer, you know, making a decision with respect to what you eat, you have the benefit of a food label that says there's this much sugar, this much fat, or this much it's organic or it's gluten-free or it's not. Similarly, we've created a database that allows development organizations to see on top of an open source component, this one is secure, it's properly licensed, it's popular, it's older, it's newer, et cetera, et cetera, so that you can basically make really good, healthy choices with respect to the open source components that you're assembling into your software application. Open source software is very important for all new businesses. It's where a lot of innovation occurs, and by its nature, it's it's freely available. The challenge for businesses, if you use open source software, you may not be predictable in how it works, and also there may be licensing issues. So this is a big challenge that you're describing. Security issues as well. Mm, that's true. And as we think about this, and as you describe it, this is the kind of business that I think many people would expect would be developed in a place like North Carolina where Red Hat is or out in Silicon Valley or Austin where Xenos is. Why Why is this business here? Uh, great question. And in fact, the company was originally started uh, on the West Coast in the Valley. Uh, and ultimately, when uh, the investors came into the business, uh, Excel and NEA and, and Goldman Sachs, uh, Wayne came along with those investors and ultimately moved the company here to uh, Washington, D.C. So this is an example where an experienced entrepreneur, Wayne, uh, is joined by you and other experienced entrepreneur and others that have expertise building product companies and a lot of big money is behind this company that's located here in the D.C. region. So that runs counter to the view that many out of region have, which is that this isn't a place where entrepreneurs can start great software companies. So how do you attract people to come to work with you from around the country? What's your sales pitch? One of the things we do that's a little bit different with respect to our engineers and our development organization, it is virtual. I mean, we've got uh, 130 plus employees. Our engineering team is uh, the, the lead architect and the senior leadership team for engineering is based here. But uh, the actual uh, day-in, day-out software development is done by individuals around the world. Uh, so we're hiring W-2 engineers who are at home developing software, and they can live wherever they want. That that actually helps with recruiting. Um, back to your point about sort of uh, companies locally here, um, we've got a rich history in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia with respect to really interesting software innovation. And uh, so if you've been in this bit town for you know 20 years, you've seen some great companies and you know the network of, of people who have been there done that, so to speak, is not small and it's not really ultimately that difficult to put a great team of management together. So the, the history of Silicon Valley really does begin with uh, Fairchild Semiconductor out of Shockley Electronics and that sprung, I think, uh, 
Somebody once estimated 800 semiconductor companies, companies like Intel, for example. So the phenomenon of, of founders growing and starting businesses, exiting them and starting them again, is something that people are pretty familiar with. I think that the the Sonotype story and the Threat Connect and other companies here in town uh, all have in common the pedigree of SourceFire yep. as, as a successful and growing company. Do you think that exits like SourceFire, companies like Tenable and uh, Invincia being sold and so forth, are, are we at the beginnings of or in the middle of a really strong indigenous cybersecurity industry here? I, I would say, yeah. And at the same time, I'm not sure it's just cyber. I mean, I think that there's uh, good ideas that um, exist in software. I mean, today, uh, companies across the globe are you know competing and winning on the playing field because of software innovation. And uh, there's smart people all over the place. I think Washington has a core group of smart people who, yes, are doing cyber, but it extends beyond cyber. And when they're successful in cyber or whatever industry they're developing, um, you know, the exits happen and the, those those people, you know, tend to go and uh, look for another good idea and, you know, build build a great company again. This is Wayne's third company. I mean, to be clear, his first company was Riverbed, which also had a very, very right. successful exit. And then he did SourceFire. And so this is the third time at the plate. As you look outward at the opportunity set, is open source and what you're doing applicable to government? It would seem that there's an awful lot of opportunity for cost savings or taking advantage of the open source movement. I saw, for example, NASA just open sourced a bunch of technology. Are you working with the government in this business or is this a commercial business? It is uh, both. Uh, we're, we're definitely, uh, you know, we don't discriminate. And the good news for us and our, our market is that, uh, as I said, man, as I mentioned before, I mean, the, the pressure to innovate software for every organization, every organization in the world, whether they know it or not, is in fact a software company. I mean, at the end of the day, innovation is what these companies do in order to compete and win. And that innovation comes from software. Um, Airbnb, as an example, Tesla, as an example, I mean, Netflix, as an example, these are all software companies at their core, and they've come out of nowhere in the blink of an eye to disrupt industries that, you know, existed for decades or even hundreds of years before it in the hospitality case. So, uh, you know, software is being built by everybody in the government, in commercial markets, and anyone who's building software is consuming a massive amount of open source. I mean, to give you some context, uh, we are the curators uh, of, of, a, of a repository which makes Java open source components available to developers around the world. Uh, it's called the Central Repository. Last uh, Two years ago, there were uh, 17 billion Java components requested from Central Repository. Last year, it was 32 billion. This year, it's 52 billion. So the consumption of open source is is growing exponentially every year. It's not just Java either. It's JavaScript. It's all sort of formats. Uh, there is an insatiable appetite among software developers to consume open source because there is an intense pressure from shareholders and CEOs on these development teams to produce and innovate faster, better than ever. Mm -hmm. And when you're basically under that intense pressure, you need to basically take advantage of componentized software. And the componentized software that's going to get you to the end line faster is open source. At the end of the day, when people talk about the world becoming flatter for technology, they're really talking about this trend. Yeah. I mean, innovation and automation eats the world. Well, at least while it's being eaten, Matt Howard, you and your friends at Sonotype will win. <laughs> like we're certainly uh, we're certainly doing our part. We're playing hard. Well, another great entrepreneurial story here in the D.C. region. Matt Howard, EVP and CMO of Sonotype. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. And you've been listening to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. My producer is Tracy Madigan. And as you know, this show is about 
promoting why Washington, D.C. is a great place to do business and why it is a great place to be an entrepreneur and innovator. You know, our town is a lot more than government. There are a lot of opportunities here. Over the last couple months, there have been a number of billion-dollar business sales. Many other people have sold and grown businesses. Companies have raised money. New businesses have started. Maybe you've been to a new restaurant this week. It's all entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, doing things in a new way to solve needs. These are the kind of things that happened in a really unique way in the greater Washington region. That's what this show, What's Working in Washington, is about. But it's only as good as you and your participation. So if you've got an idea for somebody that we should be talking with, let us know. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and let us know that there's a story out there that needs to be told. I'm Jonathan Aberman. See you next week. I'm out. <laughs>